Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Tuesday Tune-In. Um, I need someone to tell me that I'm live. I need someone to tell me that they can hear me. Um, so that would be great um, if that would uh, be done. So Lauren, are we live? Are we live? Are we live? I think we are live because um, I think I've had the confirmation um, and I think you all can hear me as well. So um, yeah, the first thing you'll notice is that it's just me today. No one else is here. Andy has had an important um, appointment um, that he absolutely could not miss. Um, you know, let's just say that he uh, he's feeling a little bit below par. Um, let's just say that he's got to uh, club together to make sure that he's okay. And um, yeah, let's just uh, let's hope that he uh, you know he, he makes it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so. Welcome, welcome. How's it going? Hey, Ramona. Hey, Marky V, Tina, Brian, Dave, Rimington, Joel, Julie, all the regulars still here. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly, Mark. My opinion, exactly. But no, he's um, he's been grafting pretty hard behind the scenes. And um, yeah, this has been on the card. So nice, some nice quality time with him and his father. That's what they do. They golf, they fish, they do uh, lots of stuff together like that. So yeah. He's, uh, he's with us in spirit, I know that, and who knows, maybe he'll even jump on and uh, leave some comments and ask me some awkward questions to get me back for what I did to him last time I wasn't on. Um, but yeah, guys, how's it going? Paul Meacher, hey, how's it going? Paul, sorry, mate, I meant to reply to your email. You did ask me about my knee and the knee brace and things like that. Um, I have ordered one. My knee's coming along great. Thank you very much for the recommendation because um, that's going to be an absolute lifesaver. Um, hey, James, how's it going? Michael Gillies. Kirsty, Jane, Ramona, Jimbo. Um, yeah, cheers, Jim. Um, yeah, the, the knee is going great. Um, uh, still on the, the old crutch, as you can see. Got to thank um, Leah for actually sending those and recommending them to me. That was awesome. Um, that's a real lifesaver. In fact, I, I think I should show off my crutch, actually, because um, look, it's, actually got, like, it's actually got suspension in it, you know, so it's actually quite tough at the moment. You can't really see it because I've got it set quite low. But um, yeah, it's actually got like suspension. So when you're walking, this bends down. It's great. And um, obviously it's set for my weight and I'm not strong enough to pull that much down, which uh, that says something, doesn't it? Um, hey, Shona, hey, how's it going? Um, yeah, so yeah, so <laughs> it's really, I'm, I'm really like quite uh, quite pleased actually that all of you guys are keep asking about um, about my knee and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I am one of those people now who I worry people are, they're, they're afraid to ask how I'm doing because they'll know they'll uh, I, I, at any moment I can launch into a half hour long sort of knee story. But um, but yeah, no, it's going quite well. So, uh, yeah, I've got physio again tomorrow, keeping on top of what I should be doing. And he's been shouting at me because I've done some video diaries about my recovery that I haven't posted yet. Um, but I will be posting those. Hopefully, you know, they might be interesting. Maybe some of you have had a knee injury and um, I'm not talking really about the uh, the physiotherapy and stuff like that because it's different depending on the knee injury and you should really take that advice from a physiotherapist. Um, what I'm talking about really is just the ups and downs of uh, of life with a knee injury. Um, if you can hear that bell ringing, that's the bell that Penny's uh, home. So I might have to alert someone. 
um, <laughs> the penny is there. So obviously, you know, we wouldn't want to let professional, this is what I have to do, see. There you are, that's the door knocked. And someone will get Penny. The other dog is downstairs. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, anyway, guys, let's uh, let's get going. So is that a Mandel crutch drum? Sadly not, they don't make them, but if they did, trust me, I'd be buying them. Um, hey, Heidi, how's it going? Um, yeah, guys, thank you for joining me. Um, hopefully this one's gonna go well. I think we've worked out the gremlins for once, you know? Um, but yeah, we've got some exciting stuff down the line as well. I know the Tuesday tune-ins might have been a little bit sort of sometimes me, sometimes Andy, sometimes both. Um, but we're putting in a lot of work behind the scenes to sort of bring you bring you guys some fresh, new, exciting content. Um, those of you as well that, you know, listen to this um, as like a podcast or anything like that. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Um, I really recommend you uh, check out the podcast because we've done some really cool interviews with some really cool people. So I believe two of them are up now so far, which is um, it's funny, like we we reached out to quite a lot of people and uh, in no particular order, but the first two people that we've had on, um, uh, both world record holders, both um, done stuff on the poles, one the South Pole, one the North Pole. Um, so yeah, that's, um, they're really exciting. So yeah, check that out. Um, we've got the Mirtha Mermaid, Kath Pendleton and Paula Power, who was uh, yeah really, really interesting stuff. Um, yeah, so today, to be honest, what we're going to do, I've got a couple of things we're going to talk about today. The first one is um, we've been sort of Nepal heavy the last uh, few lives, I think, that we've talked about the culture of Nepal, um, different trips and stuff like that. So, um, and I know people like Jerome and stuff will be happy for me to finally talk about Kilimanjaro again. Um, you know, they're probably the two biggest trips that we run and they're certainly the most popular and the ones that we get asked the most questions about. Um, so I wanted to revisit some Kilimanjaro stuff and also just share some of the experiences that I, that I learned on Kilimanjaro, because although I've been to altitude before and I've been to Nepal before, Kilimanjaro is a completely different flavor entirely from the culture to the scenery to the overall experience to the difficulty. All of that stuff is completely different from an Everest base camp trip. So, um, you know, it's really good for me to I think, be able to share the stuff that I've learned and also for you guys to share stuff that you've learned to me, because... I'm sure, Jerome, you've got some life hacks as well that you've picked up um, and those are others that have climbed Killy as well. Um, hey, Shane, how's it going? Um, hey, Tina. Um, was it Boris indicated no quarantine if double uh, dose to Amber countries is Tupcal in August a potential? So uh, yeah, I suppose we've dived straight into a question. But um, yeah, he has indicated that, but it's not been rubber stamped yet. And we... I've learned over the past uh, sort of 18 months to be cautious with regards to um, when trips are or aren't running because things change at a drop of a hat or a drop of a trilby, as Andy would say. So, yeah, if that is the case, um, yeah, I, I don't see why not. Obviously, things have to fall right on both sides of the, of the journey. So no, Morocco has to say yes. The UK has to say yes. And that would be super, super exciting if we could finally get out there and and start running some trips but i'm going to hold back from saying 100 percent yes because uh, we've said yes before and yes we're really confident this is going to happen and then the next thing you know um it's not happening so you know variants and the like so yeah straight into it i guess we're going to talk a little bit about kilimanjaro just i'll reel off some tips um again this is one of those ones where it's just going to be me talking so uh, please 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 interrupt and ask as many questions as you can 
although I'm not, although I'm on my own on the screen, I'm not on my own in spirit because Lauren is here with me on the phones as well. And I've got some nice questions coming in already. Um, yeah. So with regards to Kilimanjaro, I'm going to share some of the life hacks and things that I've learned that made it a little bit easier. So I think the first and most important thing to understand about Kilimanjaro is how vast the mountain is. It's gigantic. Um, it's so big, in fact, that just by starting the climb at the bottom and reaching to the summit, you're going to go through sort of um, five distinct sort of regions of the mountain. You know, I think they call it, um, I have got them somewhere, but I know it's like cultivated forest and then like subalpine, I think. There's, anyway, there's five of them all. I'll, I'll, I'll get them all. Um, but what that means is that you are going to get, you know, all the way from sorry cultivated to forest to glacial at the top. What that means is that you will, without a doubt, experience all four seasons on your trip. So life hack number one is pack for all four seasons and pack light as well. So in my day pack, when I was going up Kilimanjaro from the first day to the last, I always had like a rain poncho. They're very popular on Kilimanjaro. Um, you see them way more than you do in Nepal. Um, because the showers and stuff can happen at any time. So people just flip them on and it's really quick and easy. Um, so I definitely invested in one of them um, and then, you know, carried that at all times as well with the um, a set of waterproof trousers as well, because the runoff onto your normal trousers is a nightmare. So yeah, not just a poncho, make sure you've got trousers because that runoff is killer and you'll get wet quads. Um, yeah, so that's like life hack number one. Um, and one thing I should say about that, it is fascinating, you know, when you're climbing up Killy, um, how you do start sort of in, you know, farmland, essentially, because the, the slopes of Killy are rich farmland and, um, you know, they're cultivating crops and things like that. And then within, you know, the eight days it takes to reach the summit, you're going to go through forests and see monkeys. Then you're going to go into like shrubland. Then you're going to go even higher again and get to like subglacial, you know, which is almost like a desert alpine. And then you're going to be on the summit, which is going to be like walking on the Arctic. You know, it's just like ice pack on there. Um, and then within 24 hours of being in glacial territory, you're going to be back down in Moshi, um, which was the biggest temperature swing I think I've ever experienced. Maybe it was minus 15 on the summit and then about 30 degrees uh, in Moshi. So that temperature swing is amazing. So actually, uh, a little asterisk on that life hack is make sure you've packed your swimming stuff because there is a pool in the hotel. Awesome. Um, let's have a quick look now. The next one, um, cleaning and hand sanitizer. Super important um, for, you know, looking after your, your hygiene on Kilimanjaro because there are zero showers. Um, but Kilimanjaro is also very dusty. So as soon as you get clean, you're going to start to get dirty again. But looking after your personal hygiene, particularly like your feet and things like that, really does help. And hand sanitizer, one of the big, 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 big reasons that people actually um, fail to, to go up Kilimanjaro is they pick up a stomach bug. Um, so easily done. You know, you're shaking hands with people all the time. You're shaking hands with the locals, the porters, um, and then you're eating and stuff like that. And then you're handling sort of you know, your baggage, which has got all dirt on it. And it's so easy to pick up just a little bit of a stomach bug. So yeah, hand sanitizer and wet wipes are a big one for me. Um, I'm going to dive in and just interrupt, uh, just come in and out of the questions as well. Um, let's have a quick look. Um, so we've got one here from, oh, Rebecca. Rebecca Butterflies and Bees, I think. Uh, head into Killy with Evertrek in October 24. Will I be going? 
it's entirely a possibility. Uh, <laughs> I do definitely want to go back to Summit Kilimanjaro and visit my friends in Africa. Um, will I be going in 2024? To be honest, I don't know. It's impossible. It's impossible to say. What I would say is hit me up about a year in advance. I'll have a little bit more of an idea. Six months in advance, I'll be 100 percent certain. It's quite tricky to plan my time that far ahead, unfortunately. But hopefully, yeah, um, I will. I mean, I love going out and trekking with all of you guys anyway. I've done a, lucky enough to do a couple of treks in Nepal with the Ever Trekkers. And um, yeah, honestly, it really does add to the trip because it's nice to finally get to know each other. Um, you know, and there's no better way to do that than over a long trip. Um, let's have a quick look now. Um, so, yeah, talking about Jerome's talking about September is uh, dry season, no rain, but there is dust everywhere. Yeah, dustiest mountain I've ever been to. It's absolutely insane. Um, Stuart Taylor uh, just had to cancel your Kilimanjaro trek in August due to restrictions with another trekking company. When you originally booked, hadn't heard of us, guys. Well, you know, it happens. Um, but you got your money back from the trekking company from KLM Airlines. So looking forward to booking your Kili trip with us. That's awesome, Stuart. That is amazing. Drop me an email. Um, you're already part of the Evertrekker family. I can guarantee you that. If you're on a live and you're talking with these nutters, then you're already part of the Evertrek family. Uh, but mate, we would love to be the ones to actually get you there and get you to the summit of Kilimanjaro. One of the things that we always try and do um, is be as flexible as we can with these trips as well. There are lots of different reasons why people might want to change their date or cancel a trip. Um, it's not just COVID related. We've had people that have had some family emergencies 24 hours out. Um, we never like to say, you know, that's the end of your trip. You know, if that does happen and the worst has happened, just give me a call, mate, and we'll sort it out for you. Ramona Russia, off topic. It's not like you, Ramona. Off topic. Can we mention anxiety and PTSD? Uh, today is a big anniversary date for you. Um, hiking saved you. Uh, EBC changed you. Um, you won't stop talking about it as I know there are so many others out there. Okay, well, this is one of the things that we hear fairly regularly um, is what the mountains and the great outdoors and, and travel can do for people that suffer with anxiety and PTSD. I've had my own experiences uh, with stuff like anxiety as well, which I talked about on another live. I won't <laughs> I won't fill you all with that. I know Ramona's been through some incredible difficulties and, and overcome those in her life as well. So yeah, big shout out to everyone out there that's suffering with any type of mental health um difficulties and you know overcoming those and 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 reaching goals like killy that would be awesome so yeah big shout out to all of you guys andy mcnaughton jones makes a big point toilet tents yes we do have them on the evertrek trips um they're only for evertrekkers um so and they're stocked with you know chemical toilets which are all safely disposed of taken up and taken down um yeah so yeah we do have toilet tents it makes a massive difference uh, not having to get up and traipse across the camp, avoiding guidelines and stuff like that to reach a long drop is perfect. Toilet's right next to you or a little bit further away. Um, yeah, I'll jump into another hack now. So a big one that I've had, so it's about technology on Kilimanjaro. So some people want to um, talk about using, um, you know, charging your phones, charging your batteries for your cameras. Um, a couple of people have asked me about solar power banks. To be honest, I've not found them to be the greatest on Kilimanjaro because it can get um, cloudy like that. Um, very easy to charge it, perhaps in the in the lower altitudes. But as it goes up, the weather changes so frequently that um, I don't find that they're the best. So what I tend to do is use the power banks, particularly the anchor power banks. Um, I charge them and I, that's pretty much all I'll use then. 
and they've lasted me years and years and years and years. So they're a worthy investment, um, you know, and it, and it means that I've got power with me at any one time. Um, sometimes it's nice to kind of disconnect. And on Killy, funnily enough, when we, we should mention, we only do the Lamosho route. Um, and the Lamosho route is one of the longest routes that we do. It's eight days in total. We do that because it's, um, you know, it helps you acclimatize better. It's more scenic. It's more enjoyable and more of an experience. But it does mean eight days without any charging. Um, so bringing those power banks can be really helpful. But you will have to disconnect anyway because there's zero phone signal on the first four days, nothing. And then it's only as you come around the mountain um, after the first four days or day four and a half, maybe, um, that you'll pick up phone signal then. So you can, you know, tell people at home how you're doing and stuff. So, yeah, awesome. Um, let's go in through the questions again. Uh, Rebecca, it would be great to meet you as well. Um, to be fair, if anyone, you know, we do do the training weekends in Brecon, which me and Andy are always on. Um, that's another great thing. I've met so many people like that. Um, when I'm walking again as well, I'm sure I'll grace the uh, the Peak District gang with a with a little trip as well, so we can do that. Um, be great to catch up with you guys and do a little hike one day. Um, at the moment, though, yeah, I can't get very far. Um, yeah, awesome. Let's have a quick look. Not that as rock carrier. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we always talk about that, don't we? Carrying your own rock. I know Andy's a favourite one of that. Um, John Flanagan, if you take a poncho, would you still need a waterproof jacket? I usually bring one, yes, um, because my Gore-Tex jacket kind of acts as a wind stopper. Um, I also put it on if it's not freezing, but I need a little bit of just like just a little bit of something to keep me warm. So always my Gore-Tex jacket um, is always on every single trip that I ever do. Um, the reason I take the poncho um, is because it's really light, small and packable, like it packs up to about the size of my fist. It weighs nothing. It goes over my bag as well. So it's just when you're being caught out in a little quick shower that suddenly hits you rather than, um, you know, stopping, taking my bag off, getting that out. It literally sits in my hip pocket on my bag and I just take it out, whip it off, put it on. So within, you know, five seconds, I'm, you know, out the rain and stuff like that. So um, Andrew McNaughton, yeah, you'd not use a poncho on something like probably not, mate. You'd act like yeah, <laughs> that's turning yourself into a human tent the wind would uh, probably take you off the mountain and you never know you might be lucky and end up on Meru get two summits for the price of one um yeah that's awesome um let's have a look ryan cookie cook said you're coming to killy alone will you be sharing a tent generally speaking yes the tents are sharing um there is an option to have a uh, have a single tent um we charge a little bit extra for it because it requires an extra porter a little bit of extra weight to carry it um but if you do want a single tent you just drop me a message mate and we'll hook you up um, otherwise, if you're happy to share, that can be really good as well. You'll get to know someone really, really well. And secondly, it's nice to have someone sort of with you um, when the when the times get tough, someone you can kind of share with and sort of, you know, you know have a chat to about your little uh, difficulties you might be having if your feet are sore, if you've got a headache. It's just quite nice and comforting to have someone there. Um, yeah, awesome. So I'll dive in and do another little hack as well. This was a real big one that I think people noticed was... Um, little pick-me-ups, whether that be sweets or snacks or whether you've downloaded some music or some podcasts and stuff that you like to listen to. Um, some people I know um, get people to like, you know, record the messages on their phone, um, you know, from family and friends. So when the going gets tough, they can listen to those messages that they've downloaded, you know, never give up, you know, keep going, that type of thing. Um, and yeah, it's just nice because Sometimes when you get bogged down in the difficulty of things, particularly if altitude is sort of kicking your ass a little bit, um, it's nice to remember why you started and why you why you wanted to climb Kilimanjaro and, 
you know, sometimes um, tell, you know, trying to get that information out of your own brain when it's befuddled with altitude and you're tired and you're a bit sore can be quite difficult. So hearing it from a friend, family, loved one, um, yourself even, you know, I've known people do that. They record themselves a message, you know, Dave, I know if you're listening to this, you're struggling. This is the day from sea level telling you to keep going. So yeah, it's a great idea and it's a little pick me up. Um, another thing is just sweets, comfort stuff that you have, you know, um, you know, some people bring like lots of Harry bows and things just to have a handful or your favorite chocolate bar that you can save. Um, yeah, really, really good idea. Cause it'll, it'll make a big difference for your, your mental side of things. And we do say that the mental side of things is, is the biggest side, you know, exercising the muscle between your, between your ears is probably the, the, the most important one. Um, uh, Rebecca, uh, Rebecca, I always see, struggle to say it, but Rebecca Papillon et Abi, I don't know. Uh, we'll stick with butterflies and bees, I think. Um, yeah, you changed your dates um, over for EBC. Yeah, no worries. Again, talking about that flexibility, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, we'll, we'll do what we can. We're not in the business of just kind of selling trips. We're in the business of taking people on trips. And although that's been a little bit difficult lately, it's still at the core of everything we do. You know, we're never going to, not take people on trips and we're never gonna you know make decisions that makes that process a little bit difficult for you so you have to change the date no problem um let's have a quick look uh francina how you doing francina's done some awesome trips with her daughter um i know you think like dog sledding and things like that yeah i had a great chat with francina a couple of times and um got some really cool stories from her um yeah awesome um sean Moore, what's the best time of year to climb kilimanjaro Kilimanjaro is pretty much, it's open most of the year. So I think there is a period in around May where, you know, you do get some wet seasons. Personally, my favorite time is probably December to sort of the end of February. Um, but you can also go sort of July right up to the end of the year as well. There's only a little bit of a period, I think, between sort of April and May where you can still go, but it, it, it rains just in that one time, um, heavy enough to kind of put us off. Um, if you go June, July up to sort of the end of the year, then it can be quite busy because obviously people have a lot of time off in the, in our summer. Um, so I really like December to kind of February. It's a little bit quieter. It's a little bit colder. The glacier is a little bit bigger. So it just adds a little bit more experience. That's my personal preference of the best time to go is whatever time you can make it basically. Um, ah, Jerome saying he's got the anchor power bank as well. Good choice, mate. Good choice. Um, Amazon Prime Day was there recently, and I thought about getting another one, but I've had to stop. You know, no one needs more than five, and I think I've got five. Um, Colin Much, how's it going? What's the youngest age that you will take um, as you have a nine-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son who come climbing Munro's with you in the Highlands? So with regards to Kilimanjaro, first of all, I'd say the three-year-old, definitely too young. The nine-year-old, probably too young. Um, Kilimanjaro is one of those that, Summit night in particular is a really big ask of anyone that young. If it's difficult to put a number on the youngest age that we would take because it all does depend on the individual. I would say at least a teenager, um, ideally, because one, you want them to understand what they're getting into um, on summit night. So just a little sort of brief glimpse of summit night. Um, you wake up 6 a.m. most days. So you'll wake up 6 a.m. the day before. You'll trek all the way to Barafu camp. And then you'll try and get a few hours sleep, but you'll be up again at 11. Um, it's very hard to sleep um, at that altitude and with the wind and the noise and it, 
So I was awake from 6 a.m. all the way through, got up at 11 a.m. Then you go to the summit and we summited at around 6 a.m. So I've already been up 24 hours by the time I'm on the summit. Then you get back down to camp at around 11 to 12 midday. Then you have some food. And then there's another four hour walk down the mountain to get to a lower camp. Um, so maybe that's 4 p.m. Um, and then you'll have food and maybe go to bed again at like 8 p.m. So you're going to be awake for well over 30 hours at altitude in the cold. Um, and it takes a certain degree of, um, you know, fitness and, and uh, to do that. And I'm, you know, three year old, definitely not nine year old, probably too young. Um, but, you know, there are other trips that perhaps we could accommodate you on that perhaps not as brutal as Killy's Summit. Like, um, yeah, awesome. Um, let's have a quick look now. So any questions? So what I think I'll do as well is I'll dive into the email questions that we've got as well. Keep them coming, though, guys. There's some great comments uh, coming through. Um, one of the questions from Simon Stewart, who's uh, labeled himself the Lakeland Yeti. How's it going, Simon? Uh, can I advise? He planned to do the three passes in the beginning of November. Can we advise on the current situation in Nepal? And is it likely to go ahead or is it better to reschedule for 2022? He's Snowden today um, and enjoyed the climb on the Lamberis Pass. Um, yeah, I've done the Lamberis Pass. Um, I think me and Andy went up the pig trail and down the Lamberis one. Um, but OK, will trips happen to Nepal this autumn? And specifically, November is the question. The honest answer is we don't know. Uh, at the moment, Nepal is on the red list, so travel there is not possible. Um, that can change at any time. Um, and if it does change and we can go there safely, um, then we'll run trips. The honest answer is I don't know. Um, I don't know whether 50-50 is even a, uh, an accurate. Oh, see, lesser spotted. Yeah, AUC just sort of ran by. Um, so, yeah, what I would say is, you know, it, it's July now. Um, I would, if you're going in November, maybe leave it a month or two, um, get in touch with me, Simon, and we'll have a chat about it. And then I think if we don't know by, as it nears the start of the season, sort of in our summer, I would be inclined to um, reschedule it to 2022 when you know you're going to have much more of a, uh, a guaranteed chance of getting there and being successful. Um, Yolanda, hello, Yolanda. Um, you already summited both Mount Killy and been to EBC. Awesome resume. Um, interested to know if we are offering any track to K2 base camp. We'd love to join a group to K2 if we have one in 2023. Okay, so this is a big, big favorite of mine. I really, really want to do the trip to K2 base camp. So, and I can pretty much guarantee by 2023, we will have a K2 base camp trip um, lined up. We don't at the moment, um, but I do have a couple of supplier, um, suppliers and teams that we've been talking to. So I think, yeah, just uh, hang fire. Stay on our mailing list. Keep coming to these lives because we'll always launch them on here and talk about them in our emails as well. So awesome. Uh, another emailed one, Chris Campbell said, question for the Tuesday. Um, let's have a quick look. GR11 trekking thoughts, guys, or the Dolomites. Um, it's entirely possible again. Would you know what? It's, I love it like that we get these, um, these questions about the new trips. It's awesome because you guys are so passionate. Um, and I want to be able to say yes to every single one. It takes time for us to set up our trips because we always like to do it the Evertrek way. Um, but who knows, mate? Who knows, Chris? Um, hopefully one day we will get those up and running. K2 Basecamp, though, probably a higher priority at this stage than the Dolomites. But yeah, we can definitely do some climbing. Oh, thank the Lord. 
I've been talking for a while now and a water has just turned up. Thank you very much, V. Uh, gotta stay hydrated, as you know, Bri, as you know. Um, right, having a quick look now. So what, I think we'll do another life hack now. One of them, it's quite simple, inflatable airbed, 100%. The mats that you get on Killy are pretty damn firm. Um, I like it, Andy hates it. Um, so an inflatable airbed, um, I use the um, Thermarest mattress, which is about this big when it's packed down. Um, but the, a really big top tip for the inflatable mattresses, bring a little pump. You can get battery powered pumps because I was having to blow that sucker up with lung power all the way up um, Kilimanjaro. And yeah, it gets harder and harder and harder the higher you go um, to be able to do that. Um, let's have a quick look now. Um, so another question, Tanzania, Andy McNaught-Jones, Tanzania National Parks have an age limit of 10. Good information. Um, not sure if I knew that um, for going above 5,000 metres. But you do see young children doing it, not sure how they get around it legitimately. Exactly. It's one of those where, you know, I, we don't want to say no to anyone doing it, but I definitely wouldn't want to take someone that young, under 10, um, on a killy climb because the summit night can be quite an unpleasant thing, that I think, to put a child through and quite difficult for someone to comprehend that, even going a lot of UK peaks, you know, it's nothing that quite compares to it. Um, let's have a look. Anchor Jerome, don't upset David by messing up a kit name. Oh yeah, A-N-K-E-R, yes, not anchor like from a boat. Well done, Ramona, well done, Ramona, for policing the group, you know, because uh, yeah, I do notice these things. <laughs> um, let's have a quick look. Um, the bees and butterflies, yeah. Well, I've noticed with Ramona as well, whenever she leaves a comment on it, it always shows up twice. It's really weird. Um, abs and paps, nice. Um, let's have a quick question. Are there any villages on Killy to buy treats and goodies um, like we did on the EDC track? That's from Bry. Um, not on the mountain, no. Um, so anything you, you're going to want, you can bring with you. When you're at the bottom in Moshi, there are loads of places, even in the hotel serves a lot of them. Um, but you can go up into the town in Moshi and there's loads of little shops that sell snacks. There's an open market that sells fresh fruit and lots of stuff like that. So, um, yeah, loads of places, but not on the mountain. Um, all you get on the mountain is mountain. Um, yeah, there's no cafe at the top or any gift shop or anything like that. Um, let's have a quick look. What other questions we've got coming down here? And then always take a pillow from Lord James Ashley as well. Yeah, 100% right. I didn't. So I had to sleep using my duffel bag as a pillow for the whole time. You get used to it, but it's nicer to have something soft behind your head. Also, a lot of people, when they do share a tent, um, what you might do to kind of create a little room for yourself is you both put your duffel bags down the middle, which sort of creates like a nice little barrier. It just gives you that little bit of personal <clears throat> space, even if you are within a tent. Um, yeah, so another life hack as well, which I'm going to recommend, um, is uh, sunscreen for obvious reasons. It's really hot. Um, and then also a next one would be um, dry sacks. Um, one of the things that very passionate about which we talked a lot about we've done a whole live about it is you know looking after the environment one of the things we're very passionate about is taking all of our rubbish down whether that be used wet wipes or um you know empty packets of sweets or anything like that um i always have like a, a dry sack with a drawstring and i'll just stick all my rubbish in there and then take it back down and dispose of it properly at the bottom those dry sacks are perfect, man. They're still good. I've got always got about four or five because you'll always find a use for them. 
Um, yeah. And another one is squash. So something to put in your water. You have to drink a lot when you go up there. Um, as I'm sure anybody of you who've been to altitude will know that hydration is key. It's one of the number one things that we keep going on about with regards to uh, proper acclimatization. So yeah, and I, I struggle with it. Although I'm going to take a sip of water now. I do struggle with the uh, with the drinking of of that much sort of plain water, you know, four or five liters a day because I sweat quite a lot. So just having one of those little like Robinson squash things that you can squirt in, or maybe even like something like a hydration salt tablet that you can dissolve in your bladder, um, your uh, rucksack bladder. <laughs> um, yeah, it makes a big difference. You know, it just makes it that much easier to acclimatize by drinking that much water and staying healthy and stuff like that. Yeah, so awesome. Um, any more questions? I'm gonna have a quick look through. I think quite a few have come through on the messages. Um, Anvar has said, how big and tricky are the scree patch, uh, patches on Killy? What style of footwear would be most suited for to Killy? Get your bingo markers ready, everyone. Um, the scree patches, to be honest with you, there aren't really any that you're gonna be required to climb. The closest thing is, is the Barranco wall, which was probably one of my absolute favorite days. It does require a little bit of hands and feet to get involved so you can climb up. It's not rock climbing per se, and it's not really scree, um, but you know it is a very, very narrow path on a cliff face with a, a route that goes up to the top that you, does require you to get your hands involved. It's really awesome. I thought it was amazing fun, to be honest with you, and going around kissing rock, you know, or hugging rock, as they call it, you know, like leaning over, it's, it's quite exhilarating. Um, the boots that I used were Mandel Bhutan uh, hiking boots. That's all I used. I had a pair of sliders for casually walking around in. Can you bingo markers? Um, but yeah, I think a good pair of hiking boots um, is pretty much all you need. You don't need, you know, climbing shoes or anything like that. And uh, talking about hiking boots, actually, uh, we went up to Scotland recently and did the Glencoe Challenge. Um, and we always get this where people talk about us all the time. You know, should I wear boots? Should I wear shoes? Can I wear shoes? People are always resistant to wearing boots for one reason or another. Uh, the comfort, the weight, um, the way it makes them feel, the tightness on the ham, you know, the muscles and the tendons. Um, but Andy actually rolled his ankle really badly, so much so that he tore the the, the eyelet off one of his boots. Um, and if he hadn't had his uh, his mandles on, I dare say the challenge would have ended for him right there and then. Um, and that's the difference, you know, that's the, that's what we keep talking about. And that happened, you know, at low altitude on a trek in familiar ground in Scotland. It definitely didn't, um, you know, happen at altitude. Now, if you're at altitude and that happens and you don't have the, the ankle support, it can be a problem, it can be a problem. Um, what are those boots there, Dave? What boots? What boots? Can you see any? Am I, have I got any boots around me? I don't think so. Uh, I've already mentioned the ones that I do. I don't want to keep going on about them. Other boots are available, um, you know, and there are some really good ones. I've had about 10 pairs. Some of them have been really good today. So, yeah, awesome. Um, let's have a quick look. Eh? Hope the appointment was okay last week, Dave. Oh, from Julie. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was really, really good, actually. Um, so, yeah, I, I had to go in and get an x-ray so they could check the screws that were done um and make sure that it was um you know the graft that i have in place now is is all good yeah all really really good news all really positive the, all the news was good had my stitches out so i could finally like wash the leg without a bin bag on um i haven't put my 
Ramona. I haven't put my Mandel Bhutans back on since this happened, um, but I'm sure I will soon. Um, I'm still using one crutch now, down from two. No crutches on short distances. So yeah, I'll be back and running soon. I'll be back and running. Uh, have I made a voodoo doll of my physio yet, Jane? Well, his, his name's David Bromley. He's a fantastic guy. Um, so enthusiastic and so helpful. He hasn't really put me through that much pain yet because I've only had like one or two sessions post-op. I think that pain is yet to come, uh, but I maybe should order the pins and the doll off Amazon now just to get that uh, in offline. Um, Dave, say the name of the boots again. I didn't take quite note there. Ramona, you've got to be on it. You've got to be on it. You know, bingo calling is like that. You know, you've got to be ready. <laughs> um, let's have a quick look. Any other questions coming through? Uh, maybe we'll come back to them. Why is that your favorite season, Dave? Leah, I'm sure I said, um, but my favorite season, it's, it's largely because it's a bit quieter. Um, it's a bit colder. Um, you know, there aren't, you know, there'll always be people on Killy. There'll always be sort of, you know, uh, it's always going to be a popular mountain, but um, you know it's just nice to see uh, see a little bit you know a bit quieter. See things you know have your own time on the mountain. She also asks, "Is that a sea shepherd tea?" It is a sea shepherd tea. So you see, it's got a little shark there, some whales, and see what stand up, you know, a little sea shepherd tea. You know, it's all right, isn't it? It's not bad. It's not bad. Got to look after the oceans. Got to look after those. They're all we've got in this world. Once they're gone, they're gone. So, um, yeah, those majestic creatures like, uh, you know, sharks and whales and even the octopi have stopped eating squid now because um, uh, I think it was Fee over there recommended the octopus teacher on Netflix. And uh, I never, ever thought that watching a documentary about octopus would bring a tear to my eye. I'm normally quite a, you know, tough stone to crack. Um, was that a belly dance? Ramona, I'm not going to do that because this will immediately get flagged for inappropriate um, behavior. But, uh, yeah. Um, oh, apparently the autocorrect just turned Mandel into Mango. Mango Bhutan, that's pretty good. But um, yeah, you know, yeah, love, love, love Messi Shepherd stuff, you know, it's a, it's a good cause, you know. Um, some people talk about protecting the environment and stuff like that. We're not just talking about the trees and the clouds and the earth beneath your feet. The seas are two thirds of this planet. It's a very delicate ecosystem that the rest of the world relies on. And like I said, these animals need to be looked after because they're all we've got in this world. Um, but yeah, so one thing I want to talk about now, guys, that's going to springboard me onto something else incredibly positive. Um, strides for guides. First thing I want to say is you guys have been awesome. Like really, really awesome. Every single one of you has been so passionate about it and messaging us in and you know you wish you could have raised more you wish you could have done more guys everything you did do was fantastic um you know there's so many people out there that you know have, have donated and it's a difficult time you know everything's you know important right now there are so so many good causes out there all screaming and crying for help um all saying that they're the most you know important cause on the planet and then you know our little community here or our big community you know, we're so lucky to have you guys because even to raise a single pound these days to get someone's attention um, and to divert some of their hard-earned money towards a cause that goes to another country is difficult. As, you know, Fee has always said, you know, fundraising is, um, there's no fun in fundraising usually. It's a, it's a, it's a hard slog. Um, but guys, I wanted to let you know. So the challenge initially was to raise, uh, was to actually um the distance, make the distance of 6318, which is the distance from the summit of Everest to the summit of Kilimanjaro. 
you guys managed to do 8365 kilometers, 8,365 kilometers. Amazing. I'm not sure where that takes you on to. Maybe that'll get you most of the way from Everest to Kili to Elbrus. I don't know. Perhaps someone could work that out for me really super quickly. Um, but yeah, also, you know, we wanted to, I think on the, on the fundraising page, we, you know, we were aiming for five grand. We raised um, an amazing 2,152, but I should stress donations are still coming in. You can still donate, you know, we're not just going to shut the page down because the trek inside of things is finished. Um, you know, if you do still want to donate, if anyone you know still wants to donate, the link is still active. Um, and yeah, any any donations will be gratefully received and put to great use. The guys over there, I know I've spoken to the teams over there and they've been following you guys and your progress and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I know they're just super humbled and touched, I think, by this uh, community that we've got here that cares so much for these people. Um, Lauren, I think if you post it, She's a mind reader. She's already posted the link as well. Um, yeah, awesome. Thank you very, very, very much for all of that. Um, you know, it just means that, I mean, our guys are in good shape. We've, you know, we've done our best to look after them. But, you know, most of you have bought jackets, donated. You've gone out there and trekked. You've taken the time to post on social media. I've even received um, messages, I, you know, from you guys saying, oh, I wish I could do more. You know, how can I get people to donate and honestly the energy has been fantastic um and i know us and the rest myself and the rest of the yetis are incredibly grateful for that as well um yeah awesome and i suppose one of the other things that i suppose i should mention which i did say in the um in the email is that we have a little announcement to make and this announcement is that we as of right now Lauren is going to probably have her finger hovering over the link when I say it. Um, we are now launching another Kilimanjaro competition. So we appreciate that it's a difficult time of year. Those of you that follow us know that from time to time, we like to do these little giveaways where we give away two free trips to Kilimanjaro for a lucky winner and one of their friends, family, whoever they want to take with them. Um, and we felt like the time is about right to uh to do that again um those of you again that have followed us and been in our competitions know that it's worthwhile for everyone that wants to go on one of these trips to enter um it is one of these things that we do we completely just you know give the trips away they go and you have an awesome time so yes look uh lauren run the rhythm please and uh yeah launch the um launch uh the 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 link but yeah, absolutely awesome. Ramona, no, I'm just about to buy a house. Jerome, I'm in. Leah, what? No way. Woot, woot. Leah, yep, you've got to come in. I mean, we've got to leave Australia at some time. I know it's very difficult to leave Australia at the moment. I think the Formula One has now been um, has cancelled again. But um, eventually we're going to prize you away from there and you're going to be able to uh, come on one of these trips. There it is. The track's been launched. Uh, the, the track's been launched. The, um, the uh, competition has been launched. It's super, 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 super easy to enter. Um, you can just follow the link on the email and enter your details, or you can text Killy to 60777. Um, and yeah, that'll get you in. Um, if it's not 60777, then shout at me. I'm sure I'm going to be shouted at by someone at the minute. But yeah, I believe that's right. We're going to go with that for now. So yeah, and you can do it by text. And um, I think there is like a little small fee, which is charged by the network, not us. 
otherwise it's completely free. So yeah, get in, <laughs> Leah. Don't get me started. You know, honestly, you know, I, 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 there are worse places to be trapped than Australia, though, right? Um, Brian, if I win, is anyone brave enough to go with me with my plus one? Um, I will say, yeah, you have to be pretty brave to go with Brian. Um, you know, he's he's renowned now in Nepal. Let's just put it that way. I don't think that the um, the hotel aloft has been able to, uh, yeah, has been able to do as well without him. Put it that way. Their bar staff don't know what they're doing. They're twiddling their thumbs. Fortress Australia, yeah, awesome. So yeah, that is another super positive thing I wanted to talk about. You know, we love competition time. Um, it's <laughs> me and Andy. I remember them. You know, back way way back at the beginning when we decided to do this we said you know what can we do to kind of give back and obviously it's a win-win situation for us but you know we really did just launch it so we could just give back basically we started this community you guys are so supportive of us the strides for guys has been such such an, a success we thought do you know what why not competition time fire up the engines let's get things going let's get two free people over there two people for free over there and anyone else who wants to go i'm sure they know by now that you can benefit as well marky do you take bribes unfortunately not i'm afraid mate um don't get me wrong i did fight hard for the right to accept bribes in order to bump you up the list but unfortunately the uh, the rest of the yetis are pretty fair so they put a stop to it um yeah Karen Bader up for a challenge. Hope you're doing okay, Karen, as well. I really super appreciate the, the donation that you made the other day. Um, I did spot it as well as I did everybody else, but there's simply too many of you to mention. I noticed Karen's, I think, yesterday or the day before. So awesome. Um, yeah, so that's it. Those are pretty much the announcements that I have to make today. Don't think I've got anything else. One thing I tell you what we were going to do today, but I didn't have enough time to squeeze it in, was we were going to finally do a live with the new Yeti Yeti Happers, Rosie. Um, Rosie, do you want to just like wave, give them a little sneak preview of what we're going to be? See, there's Rosie and there's Fee, but we already know Fee. <laughs> and yeah, so that's Rosie. Um, and she was going to actually join us on the, uh, join me on the live today. Um, but that's probably going to be next week now. Um, when I came in and I was like, Rosie, are you on the live today? And she was like, is that a joke? Are you guys winding me up? I thought that was a joke. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we've got to put you on there. Um, but yeah, I think it's good for you guys to see the rest of the office sometimes, isn't it? You know, you, you pretty much just see my background or Andy's background. Um, oh, James, your post. Yes, it did arrive. Amazing. Um, I wish I had it, actually. I don't have it. Um, but yeah, uh, James sent us in some Yeti, um, which is some tea. It's awesome. We've been drinking it today, actually. God, I wish I had it. Why didn't I bring it? Uh, See, is there any way to get the tea? Yes, rather smoothly now. See, as you see, the fee's going to go and get the tea. Yeah, and I'll show it all you. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I'm never like, I'm always shocked by the fact that I get stuff like sent in. I can't, um, ah, thank you very much. This is it, the Yeti. How cool is that? Earl Great Yeti. This is awesome. So yeah, we've, um, you know, I think we've got a couple left. Smells lovely. It's very, very, very uh, fruity, basically. Very, uh, very citrusy. Yeah, very nice. That is awesome, though. But yeah, there it is. Great stuff, James. Thank you very much, man. Um, yeah, I, we got so much stuff like to get sent in. It's amazing. I mean, up on my wall here, you see, I've got Kumbu the koala. He was sent in um, here. 
I've got CD that actually I was listening to the other day because I know it was launched. But I suppose it's a nice little uh, thing. See, look, little uh, CD there. Anyone know who this guy is? Um, some guy called Gaz, I think. I think Ramona, you know him. But yeah, what I love about this is you might not be able to see it from here. They're little, uh, little, little acids, I think. But um, I've tried a few. But yeah, awesome stories from the other side. Get it? There you are. Free plug. Everyone sending that stuff in. I've even got some. Um, I keep everything. Keep this look. Look at this. Is this not the best wrapping paper you've ever seen for a gift for a dog? <laughs> like I could not throw that away. Look. It's amazing. And uh, yeah, Leah, you know, she's always a, a fountain of awesome gifts for everything, like to the point where, look, look, look what I've even kept. I even kept the bag because it's got a little kangaroo on there. Amazing. So, yeah, it, it, it always, always surprises me. Diane, yes, you did have a question. I had to answer it. So um, where's Diane's question? Um this is something you've asked in the past, but still not clear about. You'll be taking your own vegan sleeping bag and self-inflating mat. Will I be carrying them during my trek? I can answer that. No, you won't be. They will go in your duffel bag and the porters will carry that for you. Um, uh, does it work the same for EBC and other treks that you've booked on? Yes. The only one that's slightly different is the Patagonia Icefields trek where there is um, where you do have to uh, carry your own kit. Uh, but all the other treks are porter um, supported. So you do have to, um, yeah, bring that in. Hang on a second. Uh, oh, yeah, someone said ignore Dave. And I was like, God, did I get the number wrong? Yeah, I think uh, Lauren is there, open to bribes, I believe. Um, and uh, if you actually need to work out, head of Osprey and throw a rain cover. No, so you don't have to carry it. So no working out for you to do. Um, thought you have a large poncho to throw over everything. The guys have waterproof bags and stuff like that. They'll poncho everything and make sure that it's all completely safe you don't have to carry your own stuff on uh, the trips you've booked on the main ones you have to do uh, like i said is the patagonia um but yeah other than that it's all porter supported and all you have to do is carry your day pack yeah oh my god dave is a hoarder i am i'm telling you well I, yeah i'm so grateful for all the like the stuff i get sent in that i just kind of like it just kind of lives next to my desk um yeah and i just make sure that it's all it's all safe but um yeah i've even got some leftover malarone here I took all mine and I had some excess. So yeah, anti-malarials, you know, stuff like that. Um, this is all weird. It's like a weird little show and tell us. And we've got a little thing here. Look. And when you open this up, all the money I've never spent in the pool. See, you know, just take it back with me and it lives there. This is a, there's a thousand there. So that's worth about, that's about eight quid there. Little Nepali thing. See, Mount, Mount Everest on one side. Look, elephant on the other. Can't go wrong. Yeah, all lives there. I am a bit of a hoarder, to be honest with you. I like trinkets and things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. Um, let's have a quick look now. Uh, mop up any last questions. Otherwise, I'll get shouted at by Lauren. Um, uh, let's have a look. Andy Munodjons. Aconcagua, too. Aconcagua is porter-supported. Andy, if that's what you're relating to, um, you do have to carry your own um, like day pack and things like that. Um, but no, our trips are porter supported. One of the big things that we often do is, um, well, we always do is use local support. And wherever possible, we always ensure that we, um, you know, we employ as many people as we can to support our trips. Um, so, yeah, they will be porter supported. Um, yeah, which, which would carry it up. Like the, all uh, the, like the high camps and things like that are all sort of uh, ahead of you, like laid in advance. Um, 
let's have a quick look here. So I'm getting messages here. I missed this one. Yolanda? No, I got Yolanda's. Um, and Christopher Campbell. And I got that one too. Yeah, no, Lauren, I got those two. I think they were done at the beginning. Uh, Joel Barmer, did I keep the stitches for my knee surgery? Unfortunately not. There was something that I felt really, really happy to kind of get rid of. Um, yeah, it really just, yeah, I was, I, I was over the stitches. I'd never, like, to be fair, I've not got any sentimentality towards the knee injury at all. I wish it never happened. I wish it didn't. <laughs> I never had to deal with the whole thing. Um, let's have a quick look. So in order to pay for these EBC Gazmo wedding, please buy Gaz's CDs. They're very good. He's a very, very, very talented musician. He also did a really, really funny video about how, um, you know, swearing in his accent, I think. So if you're not uh, with Ramona on Facebook, join Ramona and have a look at that video because <laughs> I'll be honest, it did tickle me. Um, yeah, Andy, yeah, good to hear, mate. Yeah, it is. And like I said, you know, all the porters, everything, everything that we do, everything that we use, is all designed to bring employment opportunities to people. So if there is an opportunity, um, I mean, you're going there and you're doing it anyway. So that's a given, you know, you're not you specifically, but all the customers, all the clients, they're going there, they're going to say base camp, they're going to Killy, they're going to achieve that. And how do they, how do we support that happening? And how do we do so in a way that gives employment opportunities to those people? And also we need them for them to be mounting guides. And quite often they start off as porters. The more porters you employ, the more people start that ladder um, climb up towards like fully fledged guides. So the more experience you can get them, it's, it's awesome. So, yeah, guys, I think that's pretty much it from me. Um, and I'm really happy to answer any further questions. So if anyone wants to fire one in super quickly. Um, but, yeah, just remains to say, yes, the competition, get entering, guys. You've got all the links on there. It'll be all over our social media as well. Anyone else that wants to, um, you know, ask any questions or anything like that, just drop me a message. Otherwise, you know, hopefully you've enjoyed today's live. Hopefully some of the little snippets about Killy were helpful. Um, thank you very much for Strides for Guides. Uh, normal service should resume next week with both Yetis in attendance. Otherwise, guys, take care. Thank you very much. Maybe I'll try and show a little bit more. Oh, I tell you what, I don't know if I've seen this, actually. One last thing before we go. Look at this for a kukri. Kukri rum. Look at that with all the rum in there brilliant so uh yeah that's the last final show and tell take care guys adios awesome so i hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the mountain malarkey podcast um yeah that was something a little bit different wasn't it from the tuesday tune in but i hope yeah. you enjoyed it i must say you were brilliant on that episode and <laughs> <laughs> thanks mate thanks now if, uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes trying to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye